0: This is The Extra Mile.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Extra Mile. I'm Justin, and I'm always here with the G5. Hey, so, George. No, yeah. <laughs> A man of few words. Yes. A man of, of his welcome is is warm, but few. Hmm. <laughs> 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 All right, that was on purpose. But... <laughs> And we're here with Caleb. What's up, Caleb? Hey, good morning. Caleb, thank you for everything that you do for us here on the podcast. He's the magic man. Well, today, folks, I wanted to chat about uh, something that's always really intrigued me. It's actually something that is rooted in what we talk about every day on the podcast or every time. And so uh, Matthew 13, it's an interesting story. It's a parable, and Jesus is a master teacher. He teaches in stories. Because the stories are able to provoke deep thought. And this is one that's interesting. For those who may turn your nose up at this story, uh, I would invite you to, uh, to open your heart, at least for the moment, and, and try to put yourself into the position of a listener, someone who would be hearing him speak, uh, This is Christ, uh, in the context. And so this is Matthew 13 verse 1. That day Jesus went out of the house and was sitting by the sea. And large crowds gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd was standing on the beach. And he spoke many things to them in parables saying, Behold, the sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds, some seeds fell beside the road and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. And others fell on the good soil, and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. He says that a lot in the Bible in all of his teaching. He who has ears, let him hear. Verse 10, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? Jesus answered them, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. For whoever has, to him more shall be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because while seeing they do not see, and while hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. In their case the prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, You will keep on hearing, but will not understand. You will keep on seeing, but will not perceive. For the heart of this people will become dull, with their ears they scarcely hear and they have their and they have closed their eyes otherwise they would see with their eyes hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and i would heal them but blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear for truly i say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it Hear then the parable of the sower. When everyone hears the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom seed was sown beside the road. The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. And the one on whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word, and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth... Some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. A master lesson where you can't make it through your own life or you can't make it through the hearing of that with true openness of heart and not place yourself in that story. You have to choose, essentially, which soil are you. Where is the seed? The seed is being cast. It's being cast right now. And for those of you listening, for those of you following along, reading in your own Bible, Matthew thirteen, the sow the seed is being sown. What ground are you? Are you and we fall into one of those categories that Christ was talking about.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's a master teacher. Um, I I try I've tried to do that too, I write a story and things like that. Well, wow, was my phone? <laughs> and um It's never as good It's like man He was really good Obviously this is Jesus This is God But he was just able to Throw a story out there That resonated with so many And you're like Wow I can kind of see myself here I can kind of see myself there Not only that But think about how much detail He has to pay attention to Just in his everyday life In order to notice Or make theological connections Um, with nature, like birds picking up seed or, you know, seed falling on rocky or thorny soil. Pay attention to those things and notice, yeah, that's not going to grow. And uh, it's not going to grow because of this. And how does that affect me and how is this my life? I mean, how often do we pay attention to the little details when we're driving down the street or noticing different things or looking at the concrete, you know? And the weeds are growing up between the sidewalk cracks, you know. And do we make points out of that and that connection? Sorry,
1: my voice sounds so bad. <coughs> I-, I wanted to clear my own voice for you. <laughs> we love you, so we'll allow you to do that. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Please continue. But, yeah, I don't know, I just, it's inspiring to me to notice the details about things and notice, um, notice how, I guess, I don't know. There's truth in a, in a lot of little
1: details that can really speak to us. I like how you said how eloquent the the detail is to say just something as simple as casting seeds and how beautiful that image is to say those seeds are going to fall places. And typically, when you sow seeds, you expect them to fall all on good soil. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. Like the, And that's the thing as well for those who are evangelists or those who are Christian, believe in and devoted themselves to to Christ's word is that you are the sower. And when we say go sow, it's it's one of those things where it doesn't matter where the seeds fall. You're supposed to be throwing the seeds. You're supposed to be sowing the seeds of right. the kingdom. And even if the seeds land on the ground, that's not really – your responsibility, God will grant the increase, if, especially if people will accept it into their heart. It's, uh, it's one of those things where the, the rocky soil, the man who hears the word and receives it with joy, but then once persecution comes, they immediately fall away, he says. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person. I want to be the one that, that will stand and we've talked about that before, or, or at least uh, I, I know that I – when we were creating the, the lesson for me to preach in the pulpit um, about the dough and how we have to combine all the ingredients. And then the thing that everybody doesn't want to talk about is that dough has to be fired in the oven. Mm-hmm. And that's when temptation comes. And that's when persecution comes. And that's when the ball of dough – is baked into the bread or the Danish or donut or whatever it is that you've got (laughs) on your mind, uh, if you've eaten breakfast or not. But the idea is that that is one of the steps. It's not the most comfortable, but we will be transformed, the Bible says, into, uh, into our sanctification. We become holy because of that persecution. And so that's the person that I fear being is the person who... When that time comes, you just reject the word.
0: The troubles and the persecution. Yeah. That's the one that gets you. Because there's two there. There's one where the seed lands that it doesn't settle. The birds pick it up and yeah. Satan snatch them. And then there's two, like, in between where there's, like, the persecution and troubles and then wealth and pleasures and all that the world has to offer. So the pains that the world offers and the the fruit that the world offers both can be a pitfall. And then...
1: And then there's the good
0: soil of the fourth soil.
1: And what does that say? Oh yeah. The, this is 22 and the one whom the seed was sown among the thorns. Mm-hmm. This is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth. Yeah. That's, that's strikes home, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. And so, yeah, one of those two are going to be more pit folly for others and, and vice versa. Um, it's up to you to determine you know where you are and and what kind of soil type. We all want to be a good soil. I think we can oftentimes we can fluctuate in which soil type we are, but but our goal in working if we're being productive for the kingdom should be that for soil type. And yeah, the word is the seed here, right? Yeah. Which you know I think when we're thinking about sowing the seed, and and how we're doing that, like we're we're it's the gospel, like we're telling people about Jesus and about the kingdom and about, you know, that is the church and God's people and um, we're being lights and, and saw as We're talking about this year, in fact, and our theme here at Milwaukee. But um, all of those have to do with this idea of sowing the seed. And it's going to resonate with someone. It's not going to resonate with others. And then, man, I was talking with someone... Oh, yeah, I remember who I was talking to. He was saying how hard it is to evangelize here in America compared to um, people in in Africa. And uh, he was, this is a friend of mine, I was talking with a missionary uh, that is a missionary in Africa. And he was saying, they just go in the streets and it's like the first century, it's easy to start Bible studies with people and to tell you about the gospel and not have this awkward tension or this moment where you're like, I'm not sure, I'm kind of scared, maybe I should or shouldn't. And they're a lot more receptive most of the time just because life is so much harder. (laughs) And um, life isn't as, I don't know what the right word is, easy, I guess, in some ways, or... um, I don't know luxurious is the right word maybe mm-hmm. here in America where things like wealth and and if you're not experiencing a lot of troubles and then a trouble does come you know or or a different kind of trouble it can make that a uh, as uh, Jesus says the
1: deceitfulness of wealth yeah
0: it can make your receptiveness yeah uh, different i guess
1: or, I don't know. It's just interesting to think about, at least. It makes sense that the ground in America would be more thorny because we have these, as you said, luxuries. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, it definitely could be. It's something to think about. I mean, people are people no matter what. I mean, but I mean, the culture and the age that we live in does play a factor to some degree. It's going to harden people's hearts more or not, you know, make it more receptive in a sense. Um, so
1: something to think about. So what is, if we could boil down the gospel of Christ into a few statements, oh, what would that be? Easy. Let's go to the Bible. <laughs> I
0: like it when people are like, what's the gospel? And then, uh, uh, or like, I don't know how, to, how the gospel, I don't know what the message is. Or what is this thing that Jesus is talking about, this this kingdom? Uh, it's really simplified in First 1 uh, Corinthians 1, uh, yeah. 15, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians one fifteen. Uh, so if you're like you're like, what is the gospel anyway? Uh, 1 first Corinthians fifteen, verses three and four, this is um meant to be believe by a lot of scholars to be um almost like a early first century creed and things like that. Right the but creed. they would read it there yeah. And uh Paul uses it here. Um, to say look this is very simply what the gospel is this is what we believe this is why you have a hope of, of resurrection which is the context of this chapter and so starting in verse three he says for i passed on to you as of what is as of first importance what's of first importance what i also received that christ this is that that christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised and on the third day according to the scriptures." And that he appeared to Cephas, that's a.k.a. Peter, and then to the Twelve, and it goes on to talk about the 500 and, and even those that may have fell asleep in James as well. But the key points here is that what Christ did, right, that Christ died for our sins— Um, If he died, that means he had to have lived and had to have been a human and had to have been born a human. And so we have the life of Christ and then the sacrifice that he made, um, following and being obedient to God and, and doing it because he loves, you know, his creation. And then he was buried and raised. Okay, now not only did he die and was buried, we all thought that, but then he was raised and that proved that he was God. And so... That's the gospel message, and because of that, at the end of it, right, it says, "Death, where is your sting?" Right? That was the reason why sin was such a big deal, is because it was the consequence was death, and and that's no longer a sting that we have to worry about through Jesus. And so that's the gospel message, just in a nutshell. If you wanted to just say in a sentence, it's the life of Jesus, what He's done for us, the hope that we have, and. Right now we're in, in the kingdom. I think that's another thing we don't think about too when it comes to the gospel is that it, it is a kingdom as well. There's the saving aspect that we have, you know, salvation of our souls, but then also there is the church as well, which is an important aspect of the gospel. Um, we see that in uh, Ephesians, I, I think it's 5 um, as well. So that's important also. People can forget that part. Because this is Jesus Christ, and that's not a last name. That is literally a, a title. That is this is the Messiah. This is the king. Um this is the head of the body. Um so
1: so yeah. Sorry. We're here in Lubbock we've got got a bunch of colds, season man. Season changes. So apologies to everybody. That's um I think that's so great that you can summarize that into a few statements. And so the seed is being sown, folks. And uh, it's interesting when you choose to follow Christ and really dedicate your life to it. When you study his teaching, what what I've been able to determine from just reading the Bible is just act like a good person. Mm-hmm. And when you follow after Christ, He's literally teaching you how to love one another, and He even when He was being uh, an inquisition almost of the Pharisees, they were asking Him, "Oh, so what's the what's the greatest commandment, Teacher?" Yeah, and His response is, "Well, love God with all your heart, and the second is like it, which right. was not provoked, but He added it. You have to love your neighbor as yourself." Mm-hmm. And if you have done harm to somebody today or this week or this year or in your lifetime, that's what he's talking about. We need to not do that. And uh, the beautiful thing about forgiveness of sins through Christ's death and resurrection <coughs> is that we have the hope of those actions and those choices being forgiven. And so that's what we appeal to in the heart whenever we're talking about becoming a Christian and, uh, and putting Christ in your heart. Yeah. So we encourage you to go out and find a, a group of brethren in a congregation that celebrates that love of Christ. Yeah. And if we can help in any way, mm-hmm. let us know in the comments or reach out to us by email.
0: I, I'd say also, like, pay attention to the details as well in life and, and ask yourself... How does the gospel apply to me, and how can I share that with everyone else? Or how is the gospel in my life, you know, how is it affecting me? And, and then assess, you know, where I am, what soil type I am, and then how I can tell people about the gospel. How can I package this for people or live this, probably even just as important, live this in a way that people can see this this message? And that's I think that's really important for people.
1: That's awesome. Well, thanks for the conversation. I hope everybody has a great day and a great week. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks, George.
0: Go, south. If you want to know more about the Bible or you have any questions, our email is in the description below. You can DM us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you're looking for a church family or you're in the Lubbock area, we invite you to come visit and hang out with us in Milwaukee. we love for you to find a church who practices the love of Christ.